Am I forgetting anything? Oh, yeah. Well, I think I already gave to the kids. So we're starting youth up on the 24th. Leanna, I already gave you one. Hattie, I gave you one. Gave some of the other kids. But we're inviting uh, kids to youth group from seventh to senior. We'll separate the younger ones from the older ones once they get there. But I'm really making a push for young kids. I'm inviting them all the ones that don't have churches that they're going to in the community, I'm out inviting, and we really want to get this going again. That's one of the things when I was down in Pennsylvania that the Lord told me to do. He said, you know, you, you haven't got that started, and I want you to. So he kind of rebuked me, and I said, okay, Lord, I'll start it. Leanna, I'm going to start it for you, okay? You coming? Okay, I'm going to look for you. Anything else I'm forgetting before I, I always go home and I always forget something? Anything else? Anybody think of anything? Thank you for the, those that participated in the uh, yard sale this weekend. It was kind of a slow day, but we had some folks out there. Thank you for doing that. I think that's it. All right, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name and I ask you, Lord, thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you. I got so many things on my heart, Lord, and I could go so many directions, and uh, I just trust you, Lord, that you're going to guide me as I preach this morning. Thank you for speaking to me this morning, Lord. I pray you open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, turn with your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Larry was in chapter 11, and uh, I have not been able to get out of this section of Scripture here. The first thing I want to say is the Bible is the Word of God. Amen? Even it matters. You know, Mikey, I know you and I talked and me and someone else talked. Even when we have disagreements or discussion or something, we have to understand that the Bible is the final arbitrator of Christian belief, right? Now, people do disagree on certain things. They disagree in degree. They have different viewpoints on things. But one thing we must agree on is that the Bible is God's Word. Amen? So when we come to the Word of God, we're coming to the truth, and we're praying humbly, saying, Lord, I'm praying for insight, and I'm praying for wisdom so I can understand this. The, the, the Bible says that the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. How can a young man, a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to the Word. How do you know what Jesus has done for you or what's available to you? It's in the Word of God. And I know the Spirit is our teacher. The, Bible, the Word of God says, says the Word is the truth, but also says the Spirit is the truth. When we have the Word of God and the Spirit of God, we've got the truth, and we can walk by it. Hosea made the lamentation that the people of God were perishing because of lack of knowledge. What you don't know about the Word of God is hurting you. What you don't know about who Jesus is on your behalf can hurt you if you don't know it. The lack of knowledge, it's because of the lack of knowledge that my people perish. Where's that at? Anybody know? Hosea... Anybody know? Is it 4.12? Look it up, Pam. Tell me. Is it 4.12 or 4.6? I don't know. Book of Hosea says, my people perish for, huh? 4.6. Hosea 
my people perish for the lack of knowledge. So when we come into the word, that has to be the arbitrator of truth. Do you guys agree with that? Now, I really believe and there are so many divisions and so many denominations and so much splitting in the body. I really believe we have to be patient and humble about our understanding because people do have different viewpoints. Have you noticed that? I could preach out of, and I have, uh, chapter 11, and I've listened to, I can think of big-name preachers, about five, and when I listen to them preach out of chapter 11, they all kind of go a different direction on it. You know, and you know, you have your favorites and they go one way. So I think it takes some humility, at least with one another, to understand that everybody may not have the exact slant on everything that we do. If we have to agree on every uh, jot and tittle in the Bible, everybody would have to start their own church. Is that true? It is true, because when you read it, I'm not saying there is not truth. There is truth. I'm not saying there is not a correct way. How many, since you began to study the Word of God, you've changed your mind at least once about something in the Scriptures? I, I continually go into the Word of God humbly, and I ask God to show me. In fact, you know, when I have someone that disagrees with me, I'm going to talk about honor today, and I'm going to talk about the body. When I have someone that disagrees with me or they want to talk, it used to be, and sometimes it still is, I think it's human nature that I would just get defensive, right? They come to me, and because I thought, well, no, I, I know. That's even when I would belong to a denominal, denominational church when I was a kid, and I don't believe like that at all, but I was trained a certain way, and so someone would come with something different than I was taught, and I would immediately get defensive, and I would start telling them why they were wrong. Now, I look back on it, and I was wrong often about it, but something that the Lord's taught me is you can't learn if you're, if you're always in that defensive position and you're always in an argumenting position, then you can never really learn what someone's saying, at least to understand them. What are they saying? I didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was growing up because I was taught against it. I didn't believe in divine, and I didn't have that power. I wanted that power that I got later when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I wanted the power, but I didn't have it. But I wanted it, but I didn't believe in it. I uh, had never been healed that I know of by the Lord as a young man. I was taught, I, I just wasn't taught it. I wasn't taught for it. I wasn't taught against it. But because I had a lack of knowledge, I didn't know about healing being available to the believer, so I never received it. I've said recently, and I want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit a little bit today, I used to see big-name preachers, and they would be operating in the gifts of the Spirit. I didn't know they were for the whole body, for you, for you. They're for everybody. I didn't know that. And when I finally realized it, that, hey, these are for me, that God wants to operate in my life in these gifts, then I began to operate. I saw that God, hey, He is speaking to me. I've had words for people this week out and about. Evelyn, you said, I don't know where that was at, but you said it was not maybe the week before you had that vision about a mountain and this person, I don't know where you were, but you had a vision and a word of knowledge for a, la a lady. Yeah, what, you want to share it? The fact that his glasses came the next day, that was quite a sign there. But, you know, and that wasn't at church, was it? 
Yeah, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say the gifts just work in a church building. Who's the church? You are. You're the church Monday and Tuesday. You can love people on Wednesday just as much as you can love people in the church building, right? That's why we need that boldness. My, I'm not going to ask her to share because I know she, she does. She's tired today. But my wife, we uh, went out and under activation this week uh, for our CityQuake activation, and uh, she got a word about our waitress about schooling. And how long ago had she quit? A couple? When her yeah, when her son was born, she's, I think she was a single mother, but when her son was born, she had to quit going to college and go to work to support her son. <clears throat> and she had been thinking about going back to school. And Pam had a word for her, and that opened up a conversation. We actually, because Pam had that word, and she was very, she's the most shy and reticent prophet I've ever met, right? I mean, she's like, she does not, you know, I had to kind of coax it out of her, but she did it. And we got to share the gospel with our waitress and tell her about Jesus and I'm doing some other good things too. So, um, so God wants to use each person in the body. And because of that, and I, I talked about last week, I'm going to read some scripture here. I talked about uh, honor a couple weeks ago, about honor unlocking the door to the blessing of God. So I'm going to read some scriptures, and I want to talk about honor again. I was going to move on away from it. Menti, I'm sorry. Every time I change my sermon topic, it changes again. But I flip over with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The gifts of the Spirit are mentioned at the beginning, but I'm going to start with verse 12. I may get back to the individual gifts here in a minute, but uh, I want to get back to verse 12, which we read two weeks ago. It says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. One body. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we've all been made to drink of one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. You see that? So it tells me that every single person in here is a member of the body of Christ. This is the uh, thing that I really believe about fellowship. And uh, you say going to church. Let me say it this way. Being the church, fellowship, koinonia, we are not complete, truly complete, you know, in and of ourselves. We're a member of a body, and that body is universal. Every Christian in the world is joined to that body. And then there's a body in the United States, and there's a body in Ohio, and there's a body in Utica, and then Grace Point, individually, locally, we are members of the local body here. But every single person, and he says, um, if the foot would say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would the smelling be? Now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? I want to talk about honor. Keep this in mind. 
But now, indeed, there are many members of one body. I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, rather, these members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And these members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, we should bestow greater honor. Our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God has composed the body, having given greater honor to that part that lacks. Why? Why? That there should be no division. I think King James says schism. Anybody got King James? King James says schism. Same thing. That there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. So this is something that we wanted to get across that in our culture, so much weight is put on the preacher or the pastor. You come into the church and in many churches, it's like um, the pastor, people look at him as the great power of God. I'm not saying here, but in many churches, uh, all the power, all the gifting, and all the anointing is in the pastor, but that's simply not true. One thing your pastor should be gifted to do is what? Well, I should be able to preach, amen. <laughs> I'm trying. What, what else? <laughs> you, should be able to, you should be pastoring, right? He should be shepherding or he should be pastoring. He's definitely uh, called on to pray for his sheep, to give counsel, and to preach. But do you think in a congregation there's just one shepherd? I 100% Larry Humphreys is a shepherd. Who, who knows that? Okay, Larry, Larry is definitely a shepherd. No, uh, the, the pastor can show the way to shepherd or, or be a shepherd, but there are other shepherds in the body. There's just not one. And the same with, same with any gift, whether it's evangelism or showing mercy. Uh, is there just one person that gives in the body? I hope not. I hope not. Now, we all need to give, and not just give, but give time and service when we do things together. Mikey, I'm so glad you're willing to grill the burgers in October. Someone's got to do it, amen? Every person has things to do. The City Quake activation we're doing, we're going out, many of us are going out, and I want to encourage you City Quakers to get out and stay activated and keep activating. We're teaching and learning how to evangelize. You may not be an evangelist, but can anybody share the gospel? Absolutely. You just have a, just to have a heart to want to do it, a desire to want to do it. How many of you have experienced when you go out looking for opportunities or being sensitive, they come? How many know that? But how many know when you go out with your head down and right, you're, you're too busy and you don't get a lot of opportunities to share, do you? But if you go out into the world, I could go through any given day of the week. I write people's names down that I meet. I put down. I met a guy named Rusty on Friday. I met a guy named Clint on Friday. I write their names down just to remember that I talked. But I notice if I get busy or get this, if I get weighed down or maybe I feel heavy or maybe condemnation tries to settle in my, on me or guilt or being lack of date, whatever it is, if these things start overwhelming me, I notice my vision starts closing for people that don't know Jesus. Has anybody else ever experienced that? Hmm? 
I definitely have. So, so it's, I know for me, it's very important for me to understand my giftings and callings and to make sure I'm activated and I'm doing what God wants me to do. But there's another aspect to this, and I ended my last sermon right here that I want to get into, and it's about honor, about honoring one another. And the Lord showed me, I was praying, and He says, honor unlocks the blessing of God. I want you to remember that. If you don't remember anything else from this message, remember this, honor unlocks the blessing of God. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3, and this is not a message on giving, it's a message on honor, but I want to show you something about that. Proverbs chapter 3. I've been going slow, guys. I might start preaching here. Been going slow. What, what do I want you to remember? What? What about honor? It unlocks the blessing. I want to show you this in Scripture. And actually, I, there's a bunch of Scriptures that show this, but I want to show you this. Okay, so uh, Solomon writes this in uh, chapter 3 of Proverbs, verse 7, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. Boy, that's good news, isn't it? For it shall be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. And I want to tell you, uh, just because you're sick does not mean that you've sinned. But I do want to tell you that sickness are, can be caused by sin in your life. Did you know it? How many know that? It's absolutely true because you open the door to the devil. Now, if you're sick, it doesn't mean you've sinned. But sick, uh, sickness can be caused by the devil because you open the door. He says, when you fear the Lord and depart from evil, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Run away from evil. Run away from it. I know too many people that have died young flirting with the devil. Do you know anybody? I do. Flirting with the devil. Okay, now listen to this. Honor the Lord. I want you to key on this honor. Honor the Lord with your possessions or with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. So he's telling you, honor God. And there's many scriptures about honoring God. It says when you honor God, you put God first, what happens? It un what does it unlock? It unlocks a blessing in your life. That's the promise. If you honor God. Now, he's talking about finances here, but it really could, there's many ways that we can honor God. Do you know in the New Testament, it tells you to honor God with the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. He that says sacrifices praise honors God. So when you lift your hands up in the sanctuary and you bless God and give him thanksgiving and praise, it says you're honoring him. Flip over, I, I, Lord help me, to Hebrews chapter 13. Let's look at this. Honor unlocks a blessing for you. Do you know whatever you honor will come to you? If you honor wisdom, the Bible says when you honor wisdom, and if you exalt wisdom, it says wisdom will come to you. It says a foolish man, he doesn't exalt wisdom, he doesn't exalt God in his life. He's content to be foolish, he's content to just think he's always right. Does anybody here besides me have people in their lives that are never wrong? I mean, I really do. I don't know if you do, but I mean, I really do. They, they are never wrong, ever. Even when they're wrong, they're never wrong, 100%. You could, and I, I know people, you could show them where they're wrong. 
They'll get caught knowing they're wrong, and then they'll squiggle out of it somehow where they weren't wrong. Honestly, does anybody know anybody like that? You know, it's easy to be that way. To, to think that we're, you know, the, the great man, we don't, no one can teach us anything. We can only receive from somebody, wisdom from somebody that we honor. You know that. There are some preachers you don't like, and when they talk, you just shut yourself down. And if they're giving you wisdom, you won't receive anything from them because you don't honor them. Amen? It's true. And maybe some you do need to shut down. I don't know. But I'm just saying, it's when you honor that's what unlocks the blessing, and it's true when we honor God. Are you guys in Hebrews 13? Let me get there. I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you, because I know my Bible pretty good intellectually. I mean, I really do, and, and I hope it doesn't sound like bragging, but I know the Bible pretty good. I've been studying it since I was hard, since I was 25. I'm reading it every day nearly every day, and I mean great swaths of it some days, and then other days I meditate. But one of the things I notice, be, just because I know something intellectually doesn't mean I've unlocked all the revelation of it. And in fact, sometimes your intellect can get in your way because you have predisposed idea. We were talking about, me and Mikey this week, about how when we were kids, we were taught things about the Holy Spirit that we know aren't true now, you know, but we were taught certain things. And so when you learn wrong, when you learn something wrong, the first thing you have to do is say, well, maybe I don't have everything right. Right? And then where do you go to find out what's right? You go back to the Word of God and study it. You can listen to other people. You, yeah, Joe. That's beautiful, Joe. He says, the first thing you have to admit is you may have a problem. It may be you. How many of you, if a married couple are getting divorced and they're fighting each other, you're going to go to them for counsel? Right? I don't think so. All right. I got to find this. This one came to me, so I got to find this one. You guys see it there about... Um, there it is right there, verse 15, chapter 13. It says, therefore, by him, by Christ, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Do not forget to do good and to share, get this, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. God's well pleased. So when we're praising God and when we're sharing, it says these type of sacrifices please God. Do you know, and, and I, not intending to make this just about giving, but in Philippians 4.19, it says when we give and we help others, he said that's a sweet aroma, like a sacrifice to God, and God smells it. When you sacrifice and God smells the aroma, blessing is right around the corner for you. Amen? I always say this, grumbling and complaining is just the opposite of thanksgiving and praise. The way that praise and thanksgiving opens the blessing to God is the same way that grumbling and complaining shuts the door. How I many did a little complaining this week? I, I got to be very, amen, that's okay to admit it, sister. In fact, until you admit it, you can't get help with it, amen? 
So I got to watch it myself because we have an adversary. We are in a spiritual war. He knows that Jesus has given you authority. He knows that you have authority in the name. He knows that you've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness. You've been transferred into the kingdom of light. He knows that you're under the authority of Jesus Christ. And the only way he can get at you is if he tricks you, deceives you, pressures you, prompts you with your own mouth to set about grumbling and complaining, doubt and unbelief and cursing, now you've opened the door into the devil's kingdom. And although you don't belong in that kingdom, and although you belong in the kingdom of Jesus, you've just opened the door to the devil. It's the truth. You don't want, now it's easy to shut that door. How do you shut that door? You can repent, you confess. Ask God to wash you in the blood. You've been forgiven for it at the cross. Believe you've been, and shut that door down. That's the whole teaching of the Old Testament when these guys were going through the wilderness. God, he kept taking them around in circles over and over again, bringing them back to the beginning point, and he's saying, did you get the lesson this time? And, of course, that whole generation had to die off. They never let their tongues be pruned by the Lord. They never let their praise and confession, they never really, in Hebrews 3 we find out, they never really did believe God and they all died in the wilderness. Who wants to die in the wilderness? Only three of you. <laughs> Amen. No, what I'm saying, when you complain and grumble and that you're honoring the devil, you really are, you're honoring his work in your life, we have to focus in on Jesus and what He's done for us. And even in trial and under pressure situations, we need to honor Him. When whatever we honor is what grows in our life and it unlocks the door of blessing. I probably will teach out of Malachi in January. I feel like that uh, message is coming. But in the book of Malachi, God is talking about honor. He wants your praise. He wants your honor. He said, you give your governor the best and you give me scraps. He says, ain't I a great king? He says, ain't I God? Not only, ain't I God? He says, I want honor that's due my name. Folks, we need to honor the Lord. And when we honor the Lord, it unlocks blessing in your life. Let's listen to this. I'm just going to flip over to James chapter 1. It says, um, my brethren... Verse 2 of chapter 1, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work. Why? So that you may be mature or perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Not lacking nothing. When you're going through trials, we need patience. We need to persevere. You've heard of the end of Job, haven't you? Has anybody heard the end of Job? How many believe God left Job with boils sitting on an ash pile? Is that where he left him? Now, you've heard the end of Job, how that God is merciful. He's full of compassion. Job did not curse God and die. And God came and rescued Job at the end of his trial. I cannot tell us how important this is that we praise the Lord. And then I won't go there because I'm going to run out of time if I do. But in Matthew uh, 23, Jesus is talking about the scribes and the Pharisees, and he talked about um, honoring your mother and father. And I talk about this a lot. 
Do you know there's a blessing in honoring your mom and dad? How many know that? Well, flip over to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll go there. In, in Matthew, he's telling them, he said, these guys would put an offering in the temple, and then their mom and dad had a need, and they would say, well, I, gave, uh, 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 I threw a dime in. I threw a dollar in at the temple. I don't have to take care of my mom and dad. And he said, by doing that, he said, you actually violated the law of God because you're not honoring your mom and dad. How I many you know we should be taking care of mom and dad when they have needs? Anybody know that? That's what honor, honor demands sacrifice. To honor somebody is costly. To be honorable, there's a cost to it, to honor to make up your mind, I'm going to get back to chapter 12 because I want to show us something about the body. I really believe in every body of Christ, every person that comes in here has a piece of the puzzle, they have a part of it, and, if, and, and that's why I was talking about unity. When we dwell together, Psalms 133, in unity, when we learn to love one another, forgive one another, be merciful, you know, endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit, we start unlocking the anointing of God in the body. Why do you think Satan tries so hard to get us not to walk in love toward each other or not to walk in unity toward one another? Not just the local church, but the church at large. Because where there's unity, there's anointing. Where people are loving one another, where people are endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes down in that assembly and He moves around and he'll leave, a, he'll leave a gift. When God shows up, He'll leave something behind. That's, that's even Scripture. God will leave something behind when we honor Him and praise. But, but in honoring in the body, that means you might have what I need. You might be the one that has what I need. Bo, you might be the one that, you might be the one that has what I mean. You ever wonder why the Bible always tells us to walk in humility toward one another? Hmm? Humility. It says be kind and humble-hearted, be gentle with one another, toward one another, have a humble heart. Because when that happens, the blessing, when we honor one another, that blessing that's in your brother or sister is unlocked towards you. Our life group right now is really rocking, and I'm really seeing people loving one another and honoring one another and getting close to one another, and they, I really see the brothers and sisters blessing one another. They're really being blessed because they're getting in fellowship, and they're learning to pray for one another and love one another. I see a real blessing. Look at this, so I can drive my point home. In Ephesians 6, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Number one, it's right. It says, honor, get this honor your father and mother. When you do, you're going to unlock a blessing. Did you know that? What, what Paul's going to tell you, he's quoting Exodus chapter 20. He said, this is the first commandment with the promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. How many of you have honored your mom and dad and you know it? You just know you did, right? You have a promise that you'll live long on the earth from the Bible. And the Word of God also says it'll be well with you. I didn't always honor my mom and dad, but now I am after it. I, am, I go see my mom every Friday now, uh, and I'm going to start, 
uh, start seeing my dad more and more. I don't care how many disagreements we have. I don't care how my mom acts or how my dad acts. I want to honor because this is the first commandment that has a promise that it'll go well with me and I'll live long on the earth. What am I saying? Honor unlocks the blessing. In Matthew 23, it says you guys aren't honoring your mom and dad, and you're making the word of God of, of no effect. You're just making the word of God of no effect. Now, turn back to 1 Corinthians 12. You guys with me? How do you receive a prophet's reward? According to the scripture. Huh? Yes. What? Yeah, yes, yeah, helping, listening, that's part of it. You know what the exact word is? Huh? Honoring, a, yeah, honoring. How do you receive a righteous man's reward? Jesus tells you in the scriptures. He tells you how to receive a prophet's reward. You guys know this, right? He tells you how to receive a righteous man. He said, if you receive a righteous man... In the name of a righteous man, you will receive a righteous man's, you guys don't know? Someone look it up. It's in Matthew. Reward. Yes, sister. Yes. And if you receive a true prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. You're honoring, if it's a true prophet, and you're honoring that prophet, and you receive them, you'll get a prophet's reward. If you honor a righteous man, that's generic, could be a righteous woman, you honor them, says you will receive that reward. What am I teaching? One of the, um, I think of the, the values of Grace Point is, and, and ongoing, will be to honor one another. Heard a wonderful message by Francis Chan this week about people with hammers coming into the temple. That means the church, the body of Christ, coming into the temple with hammers, and they're not honoring one another. They're tearing it down. I preached that myself about three weeks ago, and they're tearing it down with a hammer. They're always chiseling and tearing one another down with their hammers. He says, and the message was, put your hammer away. When you're dishonoring, then you're, you're not bringing a blessing onto yourself. Do you guys get that? So if a sister in this church or a brother, and I've said this many, many times, uh, has a, a word for you or has a gift of healing for you or has something for you, you don't know. And, and Chris, I don't want to bring it up, but my neighbor Chris is here today, as, and I've mentioned this before here, but I thank God I don't know the first thing about how to fix a well, okay? And my neighbor, who I really got to know that day, we had a long day, didn't we? That well, Mike was helping me, uh, Mike Demetrio, and that thing, that cable, whatever it was, went all the way down the bottom of the well, and Brad Kittle didn't have the first clue about how to get that thing out of there. It had probably been $4,000, $5,000 to get that thing out of there. And my neighbor come walking by, and I just was being nice. I said, hey, Jen, how you doing? I didn't say, I'm a mess over here, and I'm about ready to drop $5,000 on this well. And, and she said, well, how you doing? I said, I'm okay, but I got a problem with my well. She told her husband, he came over. I didn't give you any money at all, did I, brother? I don't think I even gave you a peanut butter jelly sandwich, did I? Yeah, I just said thank 
Well, that's saved, that's saved me, but I thank God for that because I don't know how to do that. And Jeffrey, I truly appreciate every word you've ever given me or something to think about from a different perspective because I know that you hear from God. I know you have a prophetic ear to hear from God, and I appreciate it. I know, I know sometimes, anybody ever have a blind side? Something you don't see about yourself or something you don't know and maybe somebody, you know Jesus, and we don't do this, but Jesus said if your brother sins against him, what did he tell you to do? He said rebuke him. We don't do that much, do we? Then you've gained your brother. He says rebuke him, and if they repent, you've gained your brother. Okay, we need to help one another because we do have blind sides and that's only going to come if we honor one another. We begin to see the value. You are not metaphorically only, you are literally the body of Christ and members. Lenten got up here and prayed last week. A lot of you left, but many, probably 20, 25 people, 20 people maybe came up for prayer and the Lord really used our brother Lenten uh, anointing people and many people got blessed from that time of prayer. Amen. It was awesome. It didn't come from Brad, and I've had others in this body, when God calls on you to do something, you're going to be a blessing. So we're at a place in our church, we want to see the gifts of the body unlocked. We want to see the full potential of the church, and that's going to be when we honor one another, or when you honor yourself and understand that you have a piece of the puzzle. There's something that you bring to the table that we all need. Someone say Amen. That's so why, Marie, I try to coax it out of you. I see the good in you. I'll end uh, my message today with this. What do I want you to remember? If you, don't, if you don't remember anything else, what do I want you to remember? Huh? Honor, honoring unlocks the blessing. You can see that in Scripture. I wrote down, and I, have, I had even more examples in the scripture where honor unlocks the blessing. So, Mikey and I, wasn't this past week, it was two weeks ago, we were out and we were doing our activation, which if you don't know what that is, we're taking an evangelism course, and part of this activation was when you go pray for people, it says, ask God that you would see that person like God sees them when you're out talking to people. And you know, that can be hard when you go where we're going. We go down where the Salvation Army is, and we go down, there's a lot of rough, a uh, lot of, it's a rough crowd. But we talked to this guy, his name was Rusty, right? His name was Rusty. And Mikey was doing a lot of the talking. Mikey has a lot in common with some of these people from the history, what, the background that he came out of. So it's really good to see Mikey talking to him. And I'm listening. And I had even forgot what the assignment was, but as I'm looking at this guy, he was at a, a rehab-type place, like a AA or rehab-type place. And uh, as I'm looking at him, all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit inside of me say, human potential. And he started drawing my attention. He said, look how much potential this guy has. And I started looking at him, and the more, and I, I had a word of knowledge about his, he was a carpenter, and he was a carpenter, maybe a future tree cutter, we don't know. But I had a word of knowledge by him being a carpenter, and uh, all these things. And it was, as I, the more I looked at him, the more I realized, Bo, I was seeing him the way that God sees him. 
not as some gruffy guy with the beard at a rehab center, but I saw what I really believe I was seeing, just like the lesson said, I was seeing his potential, that who he could be. We, uh, who was it? Me and Danny. Danny, I'll get you back in here. You, you with me, Danny? Me and Danny were out uh, this past Tuesday, and we went to this circle, and we never go there, right, Mike? We, that, we, but I, the Lord told me to go, and there was a lady there. She was probably younger, maybe 26, 27 in that. She had children, and her children had been separated from her, and we went over there in that circle, and there's probably 20 or so people, but it was almost like everybody disappeared, and that one lady was left standing there, and we began to minister to her and talk to her, and I just saw her potential. She's on drugs. She's lost her children. She's homeless. She's a young woman, you know, really an attractive young woman, but here she is in the midst of homelessness, and we sent her over to the Champions Net where we did everything we could, but we saw, and the Holy Spirit just fell on her right there, and she started crying, and we got to pray for her. I pray to God that she listens to us and goes over to that Champions Network across the way, but I saw her, I know I saw her the way God sees her. Folks, that's how God sees you, although, but you're in the body. When the Lord Jesus looks at you, he sees all your potential. He knows what He's created you to do. How many believe there's more for you in God? How many really believe that there's more? Okay. I know there's more for me. I know. I haven't. I got to keep moving forward in faith, keep pressing forward in faith, because I know when God looks at you, He sees all that potential in you, and He wants to bring it out. You know, think about the parable of the talents, how God gives you talents. He doesn't want us setting on our talents. He loves you. I suppose if you never did anything, he's going to love you, but you're always going to have that feeling of there's more to this, there's more to God, unless we step out in the gifts and callings and taking our place in Christ in the body. Someone say amen. Human potential in Christ. I don't mean human, humanistic potential. I mean in Christ, but you got to be hungry for it. You got to want it. Then the flip side we need to learn to see it in our brothers and sisters. How many of you have been perfect this year? Never sinned, never goofed up, other than Gianna. You know? <laughs> and we need to give patience and forbearance and mercy to our brother and sister because he's unlocking stuff in their life too. We need to see the gifts and the callings in them as well. Ephesians 3.20, and I'm going to pray and end says that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond all that we ask or think in Christ. Anything that you've asked, imagined, and thought about in the Lord, it says God can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond that in your life if you lay it down, give it to God. Isn't that good news? He's never going to quit. God's never going to quit prompting you and prodding you and leading you and encouraging you to reach for more. He's always going to be moving in your life to get you to reach for more. Okay, I'm going to pray, and we're just going to dismiss. Father, thank you. Um, thank you for the body of Christ, Lord. Forgive me when I have not honored the body, the people in the church, Lord. And I pray that each of us would do an examination, Lord, of how we're treating others. 
the word says, do unto others how? As you want them to do to you. Treat people like you want to be treated. What a great, what a great principle, Lord. I want to treat people just the way that I want to be treated. That's, that's beautiful. I pray this will get into our hearts, into our consciousness, into our lives as Christians, Father. And Lord, I am praying that every person in here, Lord, that we unlock their gifts and their callings and the way they're going to contribute in this local body. I'm excited to see it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, hope we see a lot of you Friday night for Kathleen Young or Saturday morning, you women.